Welcome to My COVID Diary. My name is Andrea Hardacre and this is My COVID Diary. Like everybody else worldwide, I'm trying to get to grips with a whole new lifestyle during the corona pandemic. I decided to chart my journey here. 11th April 2020. I've been AWOL for a few days. I haven't been anywhere exciting, just tumbled down a bit of a rabbit hole. I needed a break from everything. I also have to give my apologies. I think in my last diary entry, I stated the date as 6th of March. That's what happens when your diary lies unused. Your days blur into one and you forget what day, what time and even what month it is. How can it be April already? So what's happening in the world? The UK is experiencing fantastic weather right now. It's the brightest April I can remember for a long time, which is kind of ironic. Let's face it, normally our weather is pretty dire. But now that no one's able to visit the seaside to grab an ice cream or picnic in the park, the sun decides to shine. Sometimes I think Mother Nature is having a laugh. And who could blame her? We don't really treat her with much respect. Beth and I have been walking the dog to the woods. It's hard to keep my teens motivated, Beth in particular. She likes routine. She does best when she has a purpose. With no exams, no school and not going on to do sixth form, she has months ahead of her. Hopefully she'll be able to pick up some work at some point before college starts in September. We'll see. But we've had a giggle on the walks. We often do. In the winter when it's dark and we walk the dog at night, we've been known to leg it if a leaf so much as flutters in our direction. Then we bend over laughing at how ridiculous we are. Now the world seems to be a massive hive of bees. They're buzzing everywhere, every corner, every bush we pass. Were they always there? Or is it simply because the world is much quieter and now we notice? Whatever, we cross the road and bolt. Our dog walk can often be the highlight of the day. The rest of the time we sort of mooch about looking for something to do, cooped up with no real end in sight. The motto is always the same. Head down, carry on, carrying on. Focus on the small things. Make your bed every day, even if you end up so exhausted by the stress of what's happening you end up back in it. It's what the Navy recommends. It will make you feel like you've accomplished something, they say. Make doing other chores somehow easier to tackle. By the side of my bed lies a pile of ironing from before Corona started. Still not done. I'm not going anywhere. There doesn't seem any point, but it glares at me accusingly every morning when I get up, screwing up its already wrinkled forehead. I want to tell it to shut up, but I might look a little crazy if I did. So I take great delight in throwing another bed sheet over it only to discover that that morphs into the same monster. What can I say about the news? 980 deaths in one day in the UK yesterday. Mass burials on Hart Island for New Yorkers, who either can't afford a funeral or have no family. It's a sobering sight. All of the language used in the news about corona is a language of war. Then you see those mass graves and you realise how like a war this is. And once again, our soldiers go into battle under-equipped. The thorny issue of PPE was raised again yesterday with the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, 
saying protective equipment should be used wisely and treated as a precious resource by the NHS staff. 19 NHS workers have died. 50% of doctors in intensive care haven't got the right equipment. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister is out of intensive care. I wonder if he has reflected on what's important to him in life. I wonder if his experience has changed him. I wonder if the doctors, nurses and staff who saved him somehow mean a little more to him now. We're nearing our third week of lockdown UK and are now looking at other countries to see how they've reacted and how they're dealing with the crisis. Germany, a country that tested hard for corona, is considering a way out of lockdown. But the World Health Organisation warns that exiting is as fraught with difficulties as going into lockdown. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think at the moment, here in the UK, many of us cannot imagine going back to normal life anytime soon. I spoke with a GP in Ilkley this week. She told me she fears it will be some time before we can come out of lockdown. Every country is responding in its own way and many leaders are coming under criticism. It kind of makes me think about Lady Justice being being in charge of a country. On one scale, she holds the health of the nation. On the other, she holds the economy and therefore also the health of the nation. And yeah, she's blindfolded. I realise when I allude to the news, there's nothing new in what I'm telling you. But as a diary, I want to be able to look back on these days, to be able to see how we got through it. But like most people, I imagine, I have to down tools every few days and turn away from the news. It's never been the cheeriest environment. I've seen it said on social media that we should look at how many have recovered from the virus rather than focusing solely on the number who've perished. I wonder if there is something in that at times, the old adage of you get more of what you focus on. Yet it feels almost wrong to do so, treacherous almost, to those who've lost their lives. Yesterday I read of a journalist in isolation who lost his wife. He'd been phoned in the hospital, unable to visit for weeks. She slipped into a coma and died. He's now very much alone with his grief. I also read about a family struggling for news of their father, aged 59, who's in intensive care. Both shared their frustration, the understandable wait for news of their loved ones, the inability to visit. I'm rooting for that father, although it wasn't good looking good from what I read. I'm hoping, just like his family is, for a miracle. This situation we're in makes me question so much about my life. Even this diary. Do I have the right to keep a diary when I'm not one of the key workers, the ones who are having to face the awful reality of intensive care units? What do I even have to say to the world? I feel so incredibly privileged to be safe inside my house when there are others out there suffering or working themselves to the grindstone with a daily risk of becoming ill. I also know I'm privileged to have a house, to be able to eat and to be able to stay relatively safe. I find myself saying silent thank yous for everything, even though I've never been particularly religious. Sorry, Mum. I used to groan at the idea of saying grace before a meal. But over the last few weeks, I've I've really realised how lucky I am. I'm lucky to have a garden. They say corona doesn't discriminate between rich and poor, 
But one look at the statistics in the US shows us that this clearly isn't true. Louisiana and New Orleans being a case in point. That's why I know I must stay positive. What I'm being asked to do isn't that hard. I'm not cramped and hidden away in an attic. I'm not starving. And every night I get to sleep in the comfort of my own bed. And I still have enormous hope that sometime everything will change for the better. On one of last week's podcasts, I read out a poem about hope. But I think from the figures I saw, only one of you heard it. As soon as I broadcast, I had a flash of worry over copyright and removed it. Bizarrely, the next day, the Scottish Book Trust warned about that very thing and stated what could and couldn't be read on the internet, so I knew I'd done the right thing by removing it. But this poem resonated so much, so I got in touch with the author, Gaya Holmes, who'd retained copyright in this case, and asked her permission. I explained to her that, to be honest, I'm very picky about poetry. I tend to discover poems I like by accident and rarely seek them out. But this collection screamed to be bought. It was a cover. It features a lone caravan in dim light and the title, Where the Road Runs Out. I bought it thinking it was a novel. But it's a collection of the most incredible words I've ever read. It's as if Gaia has combed the beach and laid out all her treasures, creating something so stunning that you can't help gazing at it over and over again. So here... With her very gracious permission is her poem Hope. And for the one person who did hear it before, you can never have enough hope. Though it seems dark and the ceiling of the world's a wound and so many hours have been bruised and so many lives have been broken. There are stars up there tonight and we must name them. We must love them. We must whistle them down like dogs in faith of their shine and they will be loyal. They will show us where the bones are. They will teach us their soft, bright tricks of devotion. And even on the blackest nights, when hope and protest are knotted in our throats, when our smiles have been tarred and buckled with the weight and stain of shadows, we have to remember they are there. Those glittering sky-hooked prayers, prickling and humming, embedded in that thick and lovely blue, guarding us from spite, keeping the moon from slipping, herding the pale, lamb-like dawns into our sleeping houses where they flow through our rooms, fluent and loving as milk.